In the second half, Maxi looking for more. He's got it! Daniel House will up and under on the lob and then flies in with the emphatic one hand jam. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Pick Swap Podcast. It is Friday, early evening here. Um, and stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, the Sixers lose a disappointing playoff game at home. Uh, so it's me and Sean Bernard as usual. Sean, I know you're fighting through some pain right now, but we're uh, we know how important this is. So we're we're glad to glad to have you here. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm coming off getting uh, two teeth pulled uh, as of a couple hours ago. So fresh off some anesthesia, fresh off whatever. But you know what? It's the playoffs. This is that time of year. Got to play through the pain. And I would argue I might be showing more heart right now than any Sixers players on the floor last night. So, yeah. you know, hate to see it, but it is what it is. Yeah, man. Um, Disappointing one last night, the Sixers lose game six. And just like, I don't know, just like the worst game imaginable, I feel. Uh, nobody really played particularly well um a lot of people played particularly poorly um and the, the celtics come away with the you know in a potential closeout game the celtics win in philadelphia in game six uh, head back to boston for game seven on sunday definitely have a lot to talk about a lot of people to discuss a lot of uh, future things that could happen following this series but uh for now we'll just kind of recap what game six had um just kind of talk me through what with the Sixers, just generally uh, talk about that game for me. Yeah, I thought they came out a little flat. Uh, it wasn't. It didn't feel like that locked-in killer instinct performance that we were hoping for of them ready to end the series tonight. They shot the ball incredibly poorly, which to me is the, the biggest reason for the loss. I mean, on the game as a whole, 30 of 83 from the field, just 36.1% there. 8 of 34 from 3, 23.5% there. And those are on good looks, too. There were a lot of open opportunities that just did not fall. The tone of this game is definitely a whole lot different if a couple of D'Anthony Melton three-pointers go the right way or any other guy that had the opportunity. So that part was frustrating. Uh, I didn't doubt they played terrible, but there still wasn't that that strong desire. Joel Embiid didn't fully have it. Uh, he looked out of gas by the end, and it felt like he was just pushing through, trying to make an impact throughout. James Harden wasn't the, the A-plus version of James Harden that we've seen for games. He was a little bit better than the, the bad version of him that we've seen in the series as well, but he definitely was attacking trying to get to the free throw line rather than attacking trying to score and that sometimes that spirals his game as was sort of the case shout out Tyrese Maxey for stepping up and him for quite the performance but overall it just felt a little flat across the board yeah I definitely agree with you there Tyrese was kind of the motor all night really the guy that kept the Sixers in that game for the majority of it um Tobias was ghosted for two points and what 42 minutes of play PJ you know is what it is. I think he was two for six from three. Uh, so, you know, if you want to look at it that way, he hit 25% of the Sixers made three pointers in, in last night's game, which is not a very good sign for them just in general. Like you said, Sean, I think it's, you can, you can break this, this game down however you want. You can look at it a million different ways and try to make up something uh, to rationalize that loss. They just didn't make shots. And I, I don't know what else to say. 
about it. You know, a lot of guys had a lot of different open looks. And really the only threes I remember going in were Niang's threes. Uh, he made two, I believe. Maxi made a couple and Tucker made a couple. Aside from that, James Harden had the one late shot clock one. But like really that that's that's it. So, you know, you can't win a playoff game shooting 30% from the field, 24% from three or whatever it was. And at the end of the game, when you press and you're trying to get Joel Embiid the ball and trying to get shots at the rim and, you know, they just have two bigs clogging the paint and no one can space the floor, like that's the way it's going to go. So, unfortunate, the way that that happens, they they really had a chance to win that game. Like, I, I don't know that we have to talk about Jason Tatum too much, you know, just because it's not our uh, forte here. He was terrible, uh, and I, I've been unimpressed with him this entire series and not to you know pile on anything right now, but you got to capitalize on a game where he doesn't show up at all, and and you know it, it sucked to see them lose that game, but where are you at right now? Like, people are falling apart, and I know that yeah. this, this is, you know, this is what people do. Like, this is what Sixers fans do, and, you know, it's kind of the situation right now. You're, you're in a do-or-die game seven, and, you know, historically, it's been not, not falling our way in that sense, but people are losing their minds, man. And, and I don't, I don't know. Where are you at with it? Yeah. I mean, there's been some ugly stuff on the timelines for sure. I see the, everybody falling apart. No doubt. I think I'm in a better headspace than that. To me, I'm not surprised to see this series be going seven games. It sucks how it happens. Cause it feels like there, the opportunity to end the series was absolutely there already. So we wish that it could have gone that way. And that there was that killer instinct and the Sixers found a way to be chilling, preparing for the Eastern conference finals in a way that they have not been able to do. And, since 2001 but you know what that isn't the case we're going to game seven there is still one game to be played uh there is a lot on the line for this game seven to me to me there's going to be some catastrophic changes depending on which side wins i think if the if the celtics get sent home and the sixers do get a win i think the jason tatum and jalen brown breakup starts to look more and more likely and the the buzz continues to swirl about that if the sixers do not find a way to win and they get sent packing there's a lot that can happen. It could be the James Harden walking, Doc Rivers being fired, uh, Tobias Harris getting traded. There's a ton of uh, a lot that I expect to happen, and that's not even to mention all the role players around the edges that are free agents, the, the Georges Niangs, the Paul Rees, the Shake Miltons. There's a lot of guys that there's going to be some notable changes at the conclusion of this year for sure. Uh, things I think the outlook of are going to be very different depending on how that Game 7 does. So I'm still locked in, still prepared for that. But there is uh, this is probably game seven will be the biggest Sixers game that we've seen probably in our lifetimes. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, no, no doubt about that. There seems like there's a lot of implications just, you know, beyond that game. But I don't know how to say this without like, I don't know how to describe it in the right way. But like, this is basketball, man. Like, yeah, I don't know if we're just figuring out that like series sometimes go seven and like the other team does also want to win these games. And if you look at this from Boston's perspective, it's like they lost at home in game one when the Sixers didn't have Joel Embiid. They blew a, they blew a lead, you know, in game four. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't get why people like, obviously, yes, last night, like they had the chance to win. They could and should have won. Had they shot better, had things fallen their way. Absolutely. But like, this is how basketball goes, man. It's the playoffs. It's, yeah these series are meant to be seven for a reason. The Boston Celtics are the best remaining seed in the entire NBA. The Sixers are right there with them. Like as much as the Sixers want to win and are trying to do their best and, you know, had a chance to win it at home, they didn't. But if you're like waking up today being like, scrap it, trade everyone. And B's going to request a trade. This is all over, blah, blah, blah. Like 
I I wish I had a number in my head of how many people I muted on Twitter today. It's it's dude, it's just like sad. It's just like get out of here with that, man. Like it's game seven. Put up or shut up. Like Tyree said it the best. Like if he wants to go to in a game seven in uh, enemy territory, like you want to do it with this group. Like this is what they should be built for. Like I don't know. I I feel like obviously last night was super disappointing. I went to bed not feeling very great about it, but I woke up thinking like, dude, it's gone. It's gone. They've mm-hmm. had their back against the wall. They faced a lot of adversity already. Like they have a chance to go do something awesome in, in Boston on Sunday. They have a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. All they have to do is win one game. And I'm not saying that they're, you know, I'm not guaranteeing a win or anything. But why can't they? Like, why? what have we seen in this series? If they play their best basketball, they didn't play their best basketball and they were down by a possession in the last two minutes. Yeah. In game three, exact same thing. Like, when they play when they play their best, they have gotten the better of the Celtics this entire series when they play their best basketball. So, to me, it seems like you got to handle your business on Sunday. And if you do that, you'll come out on top. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm too optimistic. I know that this is a theme consistently that you and I have gone through. Is Maybe I am a little bit too over my head with that kind of stuff, but... I feel like obviously not great about the situation, but I'm optimistic still. Yeah, I mean, I'll go as far as this is. I will be in similar mindset if Sunday goes bad. I think Sunday, yeah. like I said, it's probably the biggest game of the Joel Embiid era. And this is an absolute legacy game for all of these guys. For Joel Embiid specifically, for James Harden, for Doc Rivers, for this era of the Sixers. And on, for Joel specifically, this is the run that like he cannot let slip for granted. I get he's dealing with the knee stuff. To me, he looked more bothered by it than he has in the past couple games in last night's game, which was disappointing to see. He was terrific defensively. He was, I, I, it's tough to put into words just how much he impacted that game. He had three blocks in the stat sheet. He had one that was called a goaltend that also should have been, and another that they, they took away that I'm not sure what that was about. So he really had five, is what it felt like live, and altered countless others. The, the His impact around the rim was unbelievable. But offensively, he saw it with 26 and 10. But he just got to be a little bit more aggressive. 20 shots or 19 shots is not enough for him. And he talked about after the game how he didn't touch the ball in the, the last four minutes. And it's like, well, dude, go get it. Go go find a way to get that ball and make yeah. it make it your. This is the run that he truly can't let slip for, for his legacy, for the fate of this team, for all the naysayers that are ready for the blob because it has taken a while. And, and that it is there on a silver platter that they win this series. We've got it a favorable matchup in the Eastern conference finals. And all of a sudden we're looking at the most successful six year season throughout Joel Embiid's tenure and throughout these, the past two decades. So I, to me, I just need to see that. And if he does not have that kind of motivation or momentum, I know he just looked gassed by the end of the the game. The I, I, I've seen some complaints about the body language, the effort, and I get it. I see it. But to me, he just looked gassed. I don't think he ever really had it in that game. And he just kind of grinded away, grind away and had an okay performance. He a very good performance by a normal player standard, but not quite the sky high Joel Embiid ability. But Sunday, it's got to be that. It's got to be the best basketball that he really has ever played. It's got to be him doing everything possible to win that game. And if I don't see that, I'm going to be pretty frustrated. Yeah, no, and I, I mean it's fair, man. Like it, it's I, you're definitely giving completely fair assessment there. Like I, I don't disagree with you at all. I'm saying I, I think from our perspective, it's a lot easier to look at like the this massive picture that we're all trying to paint is like and Joel Embiid's legacy and the Sixers legacy and all of these things that cultivate with all of these players and personalities coming together and the situation of all of these years of buildup. Like I can, obviously I don't know any of these guys. I can 
I feel like safely assume that that's not what's on their mind right now. Like, I don't think Joel Embiid is going to this be like, I got to give a legacy game here or else this is blah, blah, blah. Like he, and that they have to go in there and win a basketball game. Like that's number one thing. And, and I don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just on the boat that like, I think they can do it. I've seen them do it multiple times this series, even when it seemed even less likely than, you know, it has before. Like if they're going to play these, this two big lineup, they have to hit three point shots. It, like really that simple. If Robert Williams is going to, if the Sixers are not going to miss jumpers and allow him to just sit at the block and wait for Embiid to drive, then he's going to struggle because you can't just face two seven footers who all their attention is on you and succeed. Like that's just not how it works. PJ Tucker is going to have to hit those threes. Anthony Melton's yeah. going to have to hit those threes. Like they're going to have to capitalize on opportunities when they get them. They just have to be much better than they were in game six. But to me, when I look at it, they can be, and they, I don't know. I just see, I see it in my eyes. I see them having the chance to win this and doing something really cool. I think it's an opportunity for them um, to rip the heart out of Boston fans in the TD garden for the third time in the series, following a, a Bruins loss in the TD guard. Like I, that almost feels better to a degree. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, uh, it's just, go ahead. And to, to jump in on the Robert Williams thing, first off, a uh, little hat tip to Joe Mazzola because I didn't think this was going to work. I think I thought the Sixers match up better with Robert Williams on the floor because he's not a, a guy that spaces the floor. And they do defensively. I do think this helped Joel because Williams is not a threat outside. So Embiid's able to do the same thing where he protects the paint, sits in as a, a rim protector. And that, that did help the Sixers on that side of the floor. The Celtics, I don't think, played particularly well last night either, which no. makes it all the more frustrating. Uh, but the one I, I'm not I, I've kind of turned heel on Doc Rivers a little bit here that uh, I've never been the biggest Doc Rivers guy. I've been very happy with the stuff that he's done this season and specifically these playoffs. I, I this is far from a Doc Rivers loss last night. And I've seen a lot of that on the timeline, too. The one things, the couple things that I will nitpick, you can't play P.J. Tucker if that they are going to play Robert Williams, that you just have to put a more legitimate three-point shooting option, whether it's Anthony Melton playing three guards. George's Niang has given good minutes, and if they're going to play that lineup, I think you can hide him a little bit. Niang, to his credit, knocked down two huge threes for the Sixers last night and has provided good minutes throughout this series, so that's something I think Doc should lean into more. Also, uh, just the rotation stuff, you just got to give these guys a little more of a break, and I know it's the playoffs. I know you want to play your best players. I know you look around the NBA, and we've got Jalen Brunson playing 48 minutes, Kevin Durant playing 48 minutes, all stuff like that. Joel Embiid and James Harden are not those types of players. They're they're just not, unfortunately. In an ideal world, they can do it. If Joel's not going to look like the best version of himself by him playing 42 minutes last night, you got to give him his his time to recover and time to be that like we saw him sub back in with 10 and a half minutes left in the third fourth quarter he always comes into the eight minute mark and he looked dead for the last two minutes of the game and i i get it in an ideal world like he can play straight through that but you got to get the best out of your players and tobias harris playing 42 minutes and coming up with two points one of seven from the field there's just got to be more than that and to his credit, Tobias was excellent defensively last night. He had some really nice plays. He was a big part of why Tatum struggled as much as he did. But, dude, you just got to give us a little more. Shooting one three-point attempt just can't happen for him. That's a huge part of your role is you're a 3 and D guy, essentially, at this point. So you got to get him off. You got to find a way to get opportunities. So there's just got to be more there. And once again, the bench like has not looked good. So I don't blame Doc for not itching to get these guys in the game. But, like, 
you just got to save them. Let me see what Jalen McDaniels looks like for a little spread these minutes out and let's find a way to win is kind of how I feel. So I would like a little bit of a roster or rotation adjustments for game seven. Yeah, I'm curious to know to see what they do. And it, you know, I feel like it's very circumstantial with what Doc has been doing and, and in a good way. You know, like he pulled the right strings and played Daniel House in, in game five, which turned out to be a fantastic move. And Niang was the right call last night, uh, just, you know, with Robert Williams. And, and maybe it's not to start, but maybe it's, you know, an early pull for PJ and get a shooter in there so that you can space the floor a little bit more. And, I you know, I liked that PJ was a little bit uh, more open to shooting those threes. Like if he's going to be open, got to shoot him. Right. And and maybe he gets hot one of seven. these nights. Like, yeah, yeah, two for seven. I mean, that's not, it's not great, but you know, it's better than the the rest of the team did. And like you said, it was, you got to shoot him if you're open. And, you know, if like, if one of those guys ends up hitting the couple in a row and Williams either has to start to peel out a little bit more to give Joel more space or, you know, have to take him out as a whole, it's a win. So I feel like things just like, they didn't fall in the right direction last night that like really the, the jumpers didn't fall at all. I feel like Tyrese Maxey has figured out that he can be really effective, which is a huge win for the Sixers offensively. And hopefully in a game seven, he has those opportunities. And I, I think like, I feel like he, out of anybody, like he's built for this kind of thing. He's built for this game. I feel like, you know, I don't look into trends at all, but I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Um, I saw somebody broke it down. I, I forget who it was. Josh Reynolds, I believe it was on Twitter. And he broke down the seven game series that the Sixers have played before. And they lost game one, one game, two and three, lost game four and five, one, six and lost seven. Now in this series, they won game one, lost two and three, one, four and five, lost six. And now they go play seven. So like, I don't know, man. It's just like, it's the, it's the weird waves that things go on it's a roller coaster it's a playoff series this is the way things go right so things fall in the Sixers direction Marcus Smart doesn't have like 15 and you know dude honestly at this point like I'm more afraid of Malcolm Brogdon shooting the basketball than I am of Jason Tatum which is an unbelievable revelation for us to be at this point like they're just those those guys have just been frustrating you know the Sixers entirely the series yeah, I mean Tatum stepped up when it mattered though. He was the guy that when all things are said and done, he hit a four, he ended with four three-pointers and all daggers in that that last stretch of the fourth quarter with Maxi on him whether it was the step back what he did his thing when it mattered most. He played very bad throughout the course of the game and has for most of this series. I'm still a Jalen Brown is a more impactful player than Jason Tatum guy. I've been pretty cemented in that for really like 2 years now has been my take on that. I would love uh, and another reason that why this is so important is I would love if this starts to just fuel that fire. I do think Jalen Brown's got some real alpha dog in him that he would like to be the one at some point in his career. I don't think this is going to be a duo that lasts forever, but for the moment, this is who the Celtics have and the Sixers have to find a way to beat them. This is the one team that like can trip the Sixers team up. I really feel that way, that, that there's no other team remaining or even across the NBA in general have two high-level perimeter threats, which is the Sixers' biggest weakness defensively that have the size the length and the depth at the big man spot to uh make sure that's the to make an impact on joel so yeah i don't know they got to find a way to get through this tatum hasn't been the guy that killed us but you know they're finding just enough and i am impressed with marcus smart man like he's way more than just a grunt guy just doing his thing he's a high level nba basketball player and a, a huge part of what they're doing so he's in in many ways that emotional leader of their team which i give him respect for sure he can have it um for now 
Uh, I'm not going to give Jason Tatum any credit at all. I, I don't want to hear it right now. I don't want to hear people giving him, you know, praising him on. That's all I saw today. And I just, I don't know, man, I, I don't want to hear it. If you're first team all NBA and you're the, the league's golden child, I don't know, man, Th- those guys don't normally get passes for going one of 17. Um, and had he not been playing like hot garbage, the Celtics would have blew the Sixers out. So I don't know. To me, it's just like, whatever. I don't even want to think about it. And he said, uh, humbly, I'm one of the best yeah. basketball players in the world after the game. So respect keeping it humble, I guess, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely. But it <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I want to look ahead to game seven here. Um, I feel like just in general, in my mind, I feel like it's one of those things you just, you got to throw it away. You got to throw game six away. It has really no reflection of what game seven will be. I feel like it's going to look like an entirely different game. Neither team played well. Neither yeah. team gave their best shot there low scoring like boston scored 103 points in game five and that was their lowest scoring game of the playoffs they turn around and score what 91 last night 95 95 mm. so even less so the sixers score 86 i believe which is like yep. terrible like okay, jesus like you know harden had 45 in a, in a game this series and they ended with 86 last night so got outscored I, 24 24 to 50 24 to 13 in the fourth quarter that's Can't not add. good yeah that's not good um yeah like they started the game very badly they ended the game very badly which like again shouldn't happen on your home floor but like what are you gonna do what are you gonna do it's over you go into game seven what are you looking at to be i know joel mentioned a couple of different things i don't know if you wanted to touch on the three things that he mentioned but just in general like what are you looking for what would turn the tides in the sixers favor for a game seven yeah, so the three things Joel mentioned were, number one, they missed open shots, which he's definitely correct on. Number two, For the sure. ball stopped moving down the stretch. I can also For see sure. that as well. And number three, he didn't touch the ball enough. He didn't touch the ball at all in the last four minutes is what he said. I believe that was he did get a couple touches in there, but he was 0 for 2 from inside the paint in the fourth quarter. That can't happen. And a lot of this, I do think, comes back to the knee, the conditioning. But you know what, man? Like, it's the playoffs. You got to find a way. Like, too often – I, the the jump shot has become so much as bread and butter, which is great. But there's moments where we still need Joel Embiid to look at himself in the mirror and say, I'm the biggest basketball player on the court right now. There's nobody that can handle me when I put my shoulder down and attack the rim and just do that. That just needs to happen for stretches. And I need him to have a reality check with himself about that. I don't know if it's PJ Tucker whispering in his ear, sweet nothings again or whatever convinces him to do that. But I just need Joel to do that. And, this is absolutely a huge legacy game for game seven. And I know you said like, you don't think those guys pay attention to that kind of stuff. I think they do more than you give it credit. And like Joel has to realize that like, this is by far the best chance. You've now taken the Celtics team to six games without him ever really playing his best basketball. He hasn't throughout this whole series. He's been fine. He has not been bad, but he hasn't had that takeover ability that we hope that he has. And that we've seen at moments in time, it hasn't always been in the playoffs. It's been mostly like in, key games a regular season but this is the same team that he scored 52 against just a couple weeks ago in the regular season so you can do it i need to see it and to me that's the biggest thing is i need to see a will to win from joel that he has not shown yet in the series a start to finish killer instinct step on their next game and i, I that's the biggest thing to me if the sixers go down it has to be at the hands of joel and b doing everything in his power because stars win playoff games and he is our superstar he is the MVP, and he has to prove that he's ready to go out, leaving everything on the court. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to have to be like, 
we saw emotion from Joel last night, but a lot of it was directed, I think, in the wrong ways. And I, I think that was with a lot of this Sixers team. A lot of it was frustration. A lot of it was palms up. A lot of it was officiating. A lot of it was everything but like kind of I, I don't want to put it this way, but like dropping your nuts and playing good basketball. He he played fantastically on defense. It, I don't like I want him to just like I want him to dunk on Al Horford. I want him to put his head down and he did it a couple times last give night. Where, shimmy. Yeah, give him a <laughs> shimmy. Why not? And like I saw it you saw it a couple times last night where he does the jab step or you know the hezzy jab and goes middle or he'll jab and go left and he'll take that one big dribble, the power dribble, but then he gets in the paint and he pump, pump, pump. And then like Al can just wait, 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 and then pick the ball or swipe. Like do it one time and go right up. Like no, none of the funny business, none of the messing around, be aggressive. And when it comes down to it, like he is an elite mid-range shooter. That's where the, you know, a lot of the scoring will come from, but you're right. I think he needs to go uh, and, and really assert his dominance at the rim on both ends. Cause that's yeah. where it's going to come from. And you know, the two man game is great. The pick and roll has been fantastic. It wasn't great last night, but in game, game five, it was, you know, it killed the Celtics, absolutely killed them. But what I think what needs to happen there is just the weak side shooting, really. Because if the weak side defenders don't have to worry about any of those guys making jump shots, they can just collapse and they can yeah. reach and they can help. It's like it comes down to just making jump shots, man. Like it really does. And, you know, you're going to have to get some help from guys like Tyrese and James is going to have to score and you're going to have to have those weird in between guys like Melton or Niang or freaking Daniel House, whoever it is, they're going to have to get one of those games from those guys. It's going to it's gonna have to be that way. So I'm excited for it, man. I think, I mean, I'm going to be a nervous mess. Like I, I do put on a pretty strong face for everybody here, but I am, I wish you guys could see me watch a game. I am a nervous wreck. Uh, I do not handle myself very well. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, but I'm excited. I'm ter- terrified, but I am very excited. Yeah, and the other guy I wanted to bring up, which is Joel Embiid's right-hand man here, is James Harden. It wasn't good enough from James Harden again last night. 4 for Mm. 16 from the field, 0 for 6 from 3. The pick-and-roll stuff was weird to me because that looked like the cheat code in this series. It looked like there's no way Boston can handle that because both of them are too gifted of players for you to shut down every single option that you can create off a pick-and-roll look. Last night, they were doing a lot of weird stuff where Harden kind of does like the dribble crossover to get a man on his back and... I don't like that can create decent looks and it's more of like a hardened and attacking for himself, which I don't hate, but it also takes away a lot of like the spacing that you are supposed to be creating in that three point uh, or in yeah. the pick and roll. Like if there's not, it basically forces it into a pick and pop situation, not a pick and roll. Joel is not going to have a chance to get downhill, which to me is the, the number one goal of the pick and roll. That's I think the best outcome that can come from is when you can set Joel up with a lane to the basket. That's the best possible outcome you can get. It kind of takes that away. Uh, I'm, I, I don't get it. That, that happened like five to six times. It stood out to me of yeah. Harden, like taking the dribble across his body and p- getting a guy on his back. So I don't know what that was about. That hasn't been a staple of Harden's game. He's done it for sure. It's not like abnormal, but felt like it was happening too much last night. And that's something that I would like to see taken away. Uh, I, I, he wasn't a nothing last night. Like we've seen in some games, like he had his, he dunked. He did dunk. He did dunk first time was, since October. He dunked. Yeah. It was like yeah. a dunk dunk, too. <laughs> it was. I didn't know that he had that in the tank. That was cool. But 0 for 6 from 3 is never going to cut it. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have his, like, the aggressiveness that I like to see that he has shown in these series. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm Again, this is this 
this is going to fall on, on the shoulders of Joel Embiid. This isn't a James Harden loss. He's already won two games for us in this series, which is a little hat tip there. But yeah, I, this is to me the Joel Embiid legacy game come Sunday. Yeah, I, I I liked your point there about like the Harden snake dribble and how that like kind of cuts off Embiid's role. Because if you if you do look back at game five and they were running it a lot higher, which yeah, I think yeah. they need to do again, like Embiid's like low foot should be on the top of the three point line. And Embiid would get that like one or two like real steps, real like lunges towards the basket. And if he was getting the ball and if, you know, whoever it was, Al Horford or Robert Williams, if they were dropping, he is already in his basically like his dribble up to a jump shot, which right. he is a lead at. Right. And if they're going to play high, he'll just catch it and take that one, two step and he's by you. Right. So I think, but again, I think that does come down to the spacing of it. I think Harden was not attacking the rim very well, not getting his usual calls. And like, as much as it's annoying when he does that shit, he does like draw the fouls and they just don't give it to him. There were like at least three or four times where like he definitely drew the foul. He's drawing it. He's not necessarily getting fouled. He's drawing the foul, which I get is the difference there. But he has to attack the rim aggressively or else like they can just forget about him and they know he's going to pass. And if the weak side and strong side guys aren't going to make the threes, then the pick and roll gets negated because of the fact that nobody has to care about anybody outside. So, you know, I think you hit a couple early threes. Robert Williams has to leave the paint or Marcus Smart can't bite down and you make the swing and whoever it is that, you know, receives the pass can actually make the shot or at least attack the closeout and dribble drive to get, get to the rim. Then, you know, you see a lot different result. Um, but yeah, it's going to have to get down to that. Like I need to see Harden like make a three. It, last night it just like sucked. It was yeah. not fun to watch. So um, I don't know, man. I I thought defensively they were like I thought they were really really good defensively. If you hold the Boston Celtics to ninety five points, like you did your job on the defensive end, and I, and even still you had some lapses. You turned them over so many times. Where they have nineteen turnovers last night. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen or nineteen. Like you turned them over. I thought Harden was even locked in on that end. Mm -hmm. uh, Maxi did a really good job. Niang even did a good job. Like the guys that you're not expecting to do a good job have stepped up in that sense, and it definitely helps having a guy like Joel at the rim to defer anyone that gets to the paint, and they do a good job of switching and communicating otherwise. But you got to stay locked in on defense, and I think you just you know you just have to rely on your guys to make shots and mm -hmm. to me I, I think they have a lot better chance of making more shots next game than they did this past game yeah yeah and it was 18 turnovers which is a respectable amount there uh Celtics Celtic still got out and transition a little bit uh only 32 points in the paint for the Sixers which is not yeah. enough and this is another directly on Joel Embiid kind of thing I like to see that number in the 50s and, and there's a lot of days yeah. where it is and not to I feel like I keep circling back to jabs at Tobias Harris but he missed like four consecutive bunnies, man. He just Dude, smoked layups. Yeah. The full court lob from yep. Harden was such a beautiful pass. Yeah, you just have to finish that. Like, that is frustrating. I'm very, I'm still very frustrated from last night because it was absolutely there for the taking, and yeah, it just didn't happen. And I don't think this is an overreaction to say like they win Sunday. I think that if, if the Sixers win on Sunday in Game Seven, I think they likely win an NBA championship. If they lose Sunday. I think they likely blow up a good portion of this course. So I do think that this game specifically is going to have that drastic of effects. Do you think I'm overstating it a little bit or what's your mindset on that? <laughs> I don't know. The thing is, I really don't know. I think that they could go one it. Like, I don't even want to talk about the, you know, if they, if they weren't to come out on a victory on Sunday, like if they, if they 
if they come home after game seven without advancing, I'm going to say everything but the word, the L word. If they do not advance, there's a lot of things that could happen, but I also think that they could slightly tweak some things and run it back again because like, I feel like this is what they do, right? Um, I don't think if they don't win, Tobias Harris cannot be a sixer next year. Just thinking about the way that this roster is constructed, like it just can't really happen. I don't think that the money can work that way anymore. Um, 35 million can't be getting you two points in a playoff game. Like it just the fact of the matter, but I don't know. I think like, I don't think I don't, I really genuinely don't envision Harden leaving regardless of the outcome of this series, this season, like Tucker's there for like, he's back again for another two seasons. Maxie's still an infant in this game. Like they still do have a lot to look forward to with this direct group. I don't know that the future with doc rivers, I'm out. I'm, I'm assuming that in the instance of a loss, Tobias Harris would be gone. Um, but it's a lot to like, you have to let those things linger for a little bit. You have to like clear up the goggles a little bit before you go back and look at the, you know, the way that this all happened. But you know, what if they win? What if they make it to the Eastern conference finals? And what if they, what if the heat lose tonight and they go to a game seven? And you know, what if there's all these things that could happen and I'm like losing my mind, like, just talking about it i'm getting freaked out but it all comes down to sunday it really does and like from an outside perspective be honest this is what the nba wants for sure this is exactly what the nba wanted and i'm not saying things are rigged i'll never i'll never say that i'll never say that i don't even like the refs were bad and annoying in in an annoying way like the free throws they took off the board and the goal 10 was unbelievable the goal 10 might be the worst call i've ever seen in my life (laughs) it was so obviously not a goaltend and the official that called it was at half court like the guy under the basket didn't call it but a guy from 35 40 feet away is making the call that seems like you just wanted to take put points on the board for boston but to me i don't know and then you take the Embiid free throws off three minutes later it's like oh yeah actually after we already reviewed this we did already take five minutes to review this by the way we're actually going to make the other guy shoot the free throws. So I don't know. It was just a weird game. Nothing felt like it was starting to like and to, snowball. To, to take that review on like what was quite literally the clearest clear path, pal, I've ever seen. Like cut and dry. Like could not be more easy to find. They're like looking at it from every angle. It's like, what are you even doing here? And then, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen them full out take points off the board and make a, a different play or reshoot free throw. So, yeah, there is some bizarre stuff for sure. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It was just like things just didn't didn't go the right way. So I I don't know, man. I, I'm trying to I'm manifesting. I'm using all those words. I don't even know what most of them mean, but I'm doing my best. I you know, and I actually you know, it was my it, this is actually my fault. So I'll tell you why mm-hmm. me and my roommate went to a restaurant down the street before game five and we got wings. We got wings and a beer. We each got wings and we each got a beer. Mm-hmm. and they won, right? They won game five. So, like, you know what? We're going to go back to the same restaurant. It's like, oh, I want to get something different. He got a sandwich. I got a chicken cutlet sandwich. This wow. is my fault, man. I'm, I got to get the wings. So, it's really my fault. I'm sorry to all the Sixers fans out there, but it's actually on me. I'm shocked right now. I take back every <laughs> every bad thing I said about Tobias Harris. I should be be angry at you, Bad about me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's funny, though. But um, So, I do. We will pin you down real quick before we get out of here. So game you know seven. my answer already. You already know. Yeah. yeah. All right. Elaborate. <laughs> Give me the hype up speech. Get me on board. Yeah. I. All right. This this team has, I mean, 
you know, they still have, have fallen into some bad habits, right? And, and game six was a microcosm of that. Just bad offense, no motion, offense kind of crumbles in the last couple minutes. But this team has been different and more resilient, faced more adversity than I think previous teams have seen. And they have way more firepower offensively and defensively than what other Sixers teams have had. You go into game seven, Boston, the, as much as we talk about how important this game is for the Sixers, know damn well that Boston is feeling the exact same way. They've oh, yeah. already lost two games in their own building, two out of three in their own building. They, they're not as comfortable as it may seem. Last night, they might act like, oh, they expected to win. And Joe Mazzulla can do his, oh, I'm ready for war thing. I'm not impressed by it. He also beat up a woman in a bar a couple years ago, but we'll let that go. <laughs> the Sixers have a chance to win game seven in Boston. And the reason why I think that way is because, like you said, this is a moment for Joel Embiid. This is a moment for James Harden. And this is a chance for them to prove to everyone that has doubted them in their playoff postseason careers. They have a chance on Sunday to flip the script. I think they're going to do it. I think that they win. I will be elated. I might I might not make it through that game. My heart rate was at like 100 last night during that game. I might not make it through. I've questioned my my fandom of this team multiple times over the last 24 hours, but you got to know on Sunday I will be on my couch ready to go. I'm going to have 12 buffalo wings before the game to ensure a Sixers win on Sunday. I believe in them. I believe in them. And you know what? When they win, I'm going to choose to be the guy that did not waver. Because you see a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of people in the Sixers sphere here having jumped ship twice in this series. Yeah. I'm going to let you know that we never switched. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I respect all that. I like the hype up. I, I'm I'm definitely not as downward spiraling as a lot of people are and a lot of that I've seen. But to me, Sunday's a pretty coin flip game. I really could see it going either way. Uh, this has to be the Joel Embiid game. This is when we think back to the, at the end of his career of games that define him. This is absolutely one that will be brought up right at the top of the list. So if he can slay all his demons, beat Boston, a team that has continually tripped him up already in his career, that's a huge statement for the strides he's taken, him, the work that he's put in. But I need to see it. I need to see the all-out effort. I need to see him looking like the most in-shape human being on the planet for every second that he's on the court. I need to see the positive body language, the leaving it all on the floor. And it's got to be him leading the Sixers team to the to at least the eastern conference finals it's got to be at least getting by this so everything has got to be focused on sunday like i said i do think it's going to have some pretty significant effects for the team uh for whichever team does not make it by these i can't have tyrese maxi who i love i can't have 22 year old tyrese maxi looking like the most mature player on and off the court as i felt last night even looking at the post game answers i liked how maxi handled himself better than anybody and once again like I love Maxi. I'm thrilled that he's here, but that just shouldn't be his role. There should be guys. I should be feeling more confident about my superstar stepping up here, not him complaining that he didn't get the ball for the last four minutes. So go do something. Don't leave any stone unturned. And yeah, we got to see it on Sunday. So uh, we will be back here with some significant reactions one way or another, uh, depending on how that goes. But oh. any final thoughts, James? Yeah, man. I hope um, I hope everyone's with me here. I really do. Like, I, I am excited. And at my core, I am excited for it. Like, it's what you watch for. It's what you're a fan for. I'm I am I'm not I'm trying my best not to think about the the bad end of all of this, but I am excited. And you know, 
when like when we look back on all this, when we look back at at the era of basketball that Joel Embiid kind of led here, it would be just so like so much vindication lies on this game. There's so much of us that relies on this game. Like this is just like it's the Moby Dick, right? It's everything to us white whale. to beat Boston. It's the white whale. It's 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 the thing. It is the number one thing. And I just want so bad. I think a lot of us share the same feeling. Like, I just want so badly for them to go out there and beat them and Joel Embiid for him to dominate and show up and like be that guy. So I hope he feels the energy from us. I hope he has the same mindset. Like I need to see the emotion in the right way from him. I'm confident we'll get it. I'm confident. Everyone listening, I hope you're confident as well. Uh, maybe on Monday or whenever it is that we get to talk next you know, maybe I'm in a, a much different mindset, but um, for now, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be happy and excited about it. Yeah. So there we go. Who doesn't love Game Seven? This is what we live for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a bummer they had to reschedule Mother's Day, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know. Sorry, so, mom. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I do appreciate all you guys for watching. Make sure to drop a like on this video. Subscribe to the channel. Drop a comment on a score prediction for what you guys got. How you're feeling? And we'll be back uh, probably on Monday with a emotional episode, one way or another. Yep. Peace.